I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. As always, thanks for being here, and I hope this is a blessing to you. To start this off today, I have an activity for you guys. If you're not listening to this while you're driving or supervising tiny humans, (laughs) close your eyes for a second. Try to quiet your mind. I want you to picture your dream life, what you really, really want. What kind of spouse do you have? What are the most important things about that spouse? What kind of kids do you have? What kind of family environment? What kind of place do you live? Who's around you? a good friend or a few good friends, a community to be part of? What are some of the most important things in this dream life, if you could have absolutely anything? Okay, now, how close is your real life to those most important dream life things? How many of those boxes are checked? I'm going to guess that for a lot of you, several things are really pretty close. And maybe you just haven't taken the time to realize that. Do you ever stop to think about how many things you really, really want that are right in front of you? Like the things we think about all day are sometimes really unimportant, and yet the super important things sometimes we blow right past and kind of take for granted. I like to take the time to think about what I really, really want. There's a saying that disappointment is unmet expectations. So I'm going to venture to say that if you never even set expectations, you're more likely to be disappointed. I think that's important in the long term, but even in the short term too. I even did this this past week with spring break. Asked my husband, what do we want this week to look like? Let's decide and make it happen. Otherwise, I was afraid we'd end up at the end of the week feeling like we didn't make the most of it. But since we decided, we were committed to the things we wanted to do and the rest we wanted to have. I think it's almost dangerous to never think this way because either now you know exactly what to be extremely grateful for Or you know the things that didn't line up for you, and that's exactly what you're going to be praying for now. So maybe you can start planning and taking some steps to change some things if they're not what you want. Pray and do some things to make the changes. But I think not asking God for specific things sets you up for a life of longing and disappointment. Our culture drives us to be more, more, more. But what if that attitude robs us of contentment and causes us to be forgetting what we're so thankful for what we already have? We don't want to shortchange God on thanking Him for so many amazing things He's done for us. Like when you do something nice for your own children and you want them to say thank you. We need to do that for God. So today, take a minute and think about all the parts of your life that are just exactly what you want. Your answered prayers. Maybe they're even better than what you prayed for. Thank God for all of it. Take time to rest in the contentment you can find in those things. One of the more well-known or... I guess most suggested tips for reducing anxiety and depression is to have a gratitude journal, just writing down things you're thankful for. 
Maybe try it if you haven't yet. What do you have to lose? One of my friends told me once that she loves writing down a list of all her prayers with an open checkbox and loves to go back and check that box when it comes true, and then she has a whole list of answered prayers. Isn't it sort of a glorified fear for moms that our kids are going to grow up and leave home and we'll be sitting here in an empty house with an empty heart? Well, we're not receiving that. We're believing that God's best is still to come, and we are always going to believe that. I think that one way to practice this is to be content and find joy and thankfulness at all times, as much as possible. My husband and I tell each other this all the time. We say, remind me that I didn't take this for granted. Remind me how much we loved our kids every day and how we told our kids and each other and God how much we love this time, all the time, in every season. I hope that is something that everyone listening can implement. An attitude of thankfulness, a heart posture of contentment. Of course, we are still looking ahead and working for the future and all of that, but we are living in the moment with a grateful heart. And I hope to keep this part still optimistic, but I think it's worth mentioning is the subject of complaining because I feel like this gets glorified in our mom culture. It's like a competition of who's more exhausted. And I think this is an easy way to drive a wedge in your marriage. Each spouse complaining about who's more tired and who's working harder. Let's just call it what it is and try to stop complaining. If you're doing that, it's complaining. I'm not outside this conversation. I know I do it. My husband and I have decided intentionally to be careful not to, but we still find ourselves tempted by it all the time. I think one phrase in marriage to avoid driving this wedge is to literally tell your spouse, thank you for all you do for our family. I know your job is hard. Thanks for all you do for us. No matter what their job is, in the home, outside the home, it doesn't matter. Both spouses can say this to each other. That offsets that wedge of complaining. Sometimes we complain probably because what we want is someone to acknowledge that we're doing something hard, which we don't need that acknowledgement, but we know receiving it is nice. So maybe just be the one to dish it out. Tell your spouse you're thankful for their hard work. Even if they don't tell it back to you yet, you start saying it. You start this new phrase, I almost guarantee that they'll say it back to you sometime, even if not right away. But it's not about what we're getting out of this. It's about giving it. It's about being responsible for ourselves and knowing that we shouldn't be complaining. There are so many Bible verses instructing us against complaining. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without grumbling. James 5.9 says, Do not grumble against one another. 1 Peter 4.9 says, Show hospitality to one another without complaining. 1 Corinthians 10.10 says, Do not grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Well, I don't want anything to do with that destroyer, so I'm definitely trying to align my words with the Lord and Creator of the universe and His Son and perfect example, Jesus Christ. We can't control all of our circumstances, but we can control how we respond and how we speak. If it's something you can control, take some steps to change it. If you can't control it, try to picture giving it to God by literally putting it in a box, giving it to God, and walking away. You can't take it back and worry and complain anymore because you literally gave it to God, and it's not yours anymore. You know how God uses our children to teach us so much? One thing I've been thinking about and convicted of lately is teaching my kids, what someone else does does not get to influence what you do. You're in charge of you. If someone takes your toy, that is not a permission slip to hit them. If someone starts whining and acting selfish, that doesn't mean you get to start whining and acting selfish. You know how kids do this? But, but she, but, but he... No, your actions are not affected by someone else's actions. What someone else does does not influence what you do. Isn't that a word for the moms too? 
Just because someone is moving slow and now you're late does not mean you get to yell at your kids because you're frustrated and rushed. Just because your boss is giving you an assignment that you feel is unfair does not mean you get a free pass for a bad attitude and a half-hearted work ethic. My sister reminded me the other day of our mom cleaning the kitchen and telling her, we are to do everything as unto the Lord. I'm cleaning this kitchen and my heart's saying, I'm doing this for you, Lord. Doesn't that attitude change everything? You are you. You are who God says you are. No one else's action or lack of action or their words or their lack of appreciation get to change what you do or say or how you act. You're responsible for you. I have also heard this as parenting advice, like, your children are not old enough to carry the burden of being responsible for your mood. That feels like so much power to them and it scares them more than it makes them feel good. They don't need or deserve the power or responsibility or burden of determining our mood and actions. We are called to the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control at all times. Even if your kid or your coworker or spouse or the person in the car in front of you isn't using those fruit of the Spirit, it's not a free pass for you. We teach this to our kids by showing them. I'm as convicted as anyone else listening. It's a word for me that I'm sharing with you. I am not standing on a pedestal preaching this. I am right here with you. So let's find a thankful heart. Let's realize how much of what we really want we already have. Let's pray for the rest. Directly ask God. Ask Him to give us desires that align with His desires for our lives. Pray for our next move. Philippians 2, 14-15 says, Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God. Shine like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Proverbs 15.15 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. Sometimes you can't change someone, but you can change yourself. You can lead by example. Choose kindness. Also, we are probably saying to our kids, no whining, no complaining. So we can lead by example. No whining, no complaining. We have so much to be thankful for. Before we close, I'd be honored to say a prayer and blessing for you. Dear Lord, thank you for these listeners. Thank you for giving us an attitude of contentment and thankfulness. Let us lead by example to our spouses, kids, and friends. Let us remember that we are who you say we are. Thank you that your word says we should not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, that then we will be able to test and approve what your will is, your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let all we do be for your glory, Lord. Amen. If you love this podcast, will you let your friends know and leave a five-star review? It helps other people find this podcast, and it would mean so much to me. You can also click subscribe, then you'll be automatically notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood. Mm -hmm.